You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. All right, well, welcome to another QB Power Hour. Uh, today, as the title slide would, would not tell you, it's not actually... <laughs> Uh, feature deep dive. That's what we did last time. Uh, but this time is declaring your independence from busy work with Zapier. And if you if you say the word Zapier, you have to have Heather Satterley in the same sentence. So we're, we asked her to come on and uh, and talk a little bit about uh, Zapier. And uh, we also have a, a special guest lurking in the wings at the end. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, but Michelle, you want to go ahead and Tell us who you are. Hi, everyone. Michelle Long, owner of Long for Success. Uh, very glad to have you all joining me today. And I did get some complaints last time that I haven't showed the puppy lately. So I'll probably do that at some point throughout while Heather's talking or something. He's behaving himself right now. So he learned to swim in the lake this weekend. Yay. And he wasn't terrified of the fireworks. So it's all good. That's always a, a concern, you know. Um, it is, yeah. honestly. Our, our dog didn't have any problems with all the, the fireworks, but he is scared of everything else, uh, but not but not the fireworks. Didn't quite make sense, but I'm not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay. I am Dan DeLong. There you go, Dan. <laughs> all right. Uh, owner Dan with, we transform businesses through technology, the co-host here today. Uh, formerly of Intuit, uh, worked there for about 18 years, and currently pro current projects are technically editing QBO for Dummies and the chief content creator at schoolbookkeeping.com. Heather, tell us about yourself. There's a lot of tops in here, as I was noticing in the slide. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Heather Satterley. <laughs> I'm the founder of Satterley Business Solutions, um, and I live in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. I'm also the co-host of the Happy Hour with Liz and Heather, and I see a lot of familiar faces uh, in the in the chat and in the participant list. So um, I also just started a, uh, a podcast. Actually, I say I just started. We've been doing it for about a year, but we went live in April called uh, the Accounting Automation Podcast, and I'm doing that with Brian Clare. And so we do about a half an hour. Uh, on our pod podcast, uh, we talk about different uh, ways to automate your practice in your firm. So not just Zapier, um, but other technologies as well. So that's a lot of fun. Um, and I think those can be downloaded anywhere you can download a podcast. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much, Michelle and Dan, for um, having me on. I love hanging out with you guys. I miss hanging out with you guys in person. And so anytime I have that opportunity, I'm super happy. So thank you. Soon, soon we will be in person. We will, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So a little bit about the, uh, the QB Power Hour webinars. They're special, um, or actually uh, every other Tuesday at noon, which is really weird because I'm actually on that time right now. <laughs> uh, typically, I'm on in Arizona and never on this time zone, but I'm actually in Charleston, South Carolina right now, uh, on location. <laughs> Um, and actually, it is noon time here, uh, but some of the upcoming um, 
events that we're going to be having uh, actually next week. Uh, so normally it's bi-weekly, but we're going to have a special event next week with Roadmap to Advisory with uh, Path App. They've joined us before, and uh, we're going to have them on uh, on a special event. So um, as long as you've registered for the uh, the QB Power Hour uh, webinar series, you'll get a notification next week uh, to join us there as, as, as well. Um, and then we'll have a relay our friends at Relay coming back and talking about some AP enhancements that they've done in their uh, in their solution. Um, and then finally, Hector is going to be coming back. <laughs> uh, we finally pinned him down to a date. Um, he's going to be talking about the reporting enhancements in QBO Advanced. Uh, so we're really excited about him coming on. It'll be like a QB Power Hour reunion. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. A blast from the Not past. Not as cool as a friends reunion, but uh, I think it will it will still have some some fun things going on there. Um, and then we're going to uh, have Gita Faust come back on uh, on the 17th of, of August to, to talk about real estate flips and how to handle those inside of QuickBooks. Uh, so, of course, there's a link there for the uh, PDF of all the slides. Uh, you can watch rewatch the recordings on Michelle's YouTube channel. And of course, we have the podcast as well. So, uh, so our agenda today. Uh, so we're going to be talking about some automation in your practice. Well, uh, Heather's going to be talking about automation in your practice, <laughs> and we'll just be here for uh, peanut gallery. <laughs> um, and then some best practices, some intro to Zapier, uh, simple tasks that you can do with, with Zapier, and then how do you take Zapier to the next level? And of course, we'll have our super secret surprise guest joining us at the end of the uh, and at the end of the hour. So we'll start off with our, our first poll. Do you currently automate? And while that's going on, I'm going to stop sharing. So uh, Heather can start sharing. Do you do anything in your, in, your, um, in your practice or your firm or with your clients to automate something? And it doesn't have to be with Zapier. It just could be any kind of automation. And while we're doing that, Heather, where do they find your podcast? Up, oh, she just typed it in there. You <laughs> muted yourself, Heather. I can't hear you. I did mute myself. Oh, there I am you go. <laughs> muting myself. So you can find them anywhere you can download um, podcasts. So we're part of the Cloud Accounting Podcast Network. So I believe uh, Apple, okay. if you go to Apple Podcasts, I think Google Play, I think has something like that. So yeah, it's the nice part about a lot of a lot of podcasts like or where we host ours. You can feed that out to all of them. And uh, so I, same same kind of situation is that you can wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts, that's where you go and you find it and you you subscribe to it there. Yes, because now actually we turn the QB Power Hours into podcasts as well. So if you're not yeah. able to listen and watch, you can listen on the road. Right. Everybody yeah. going back to, watching, to the office. You don't want to be watching on the road because that <laughs> no. would be that would be bad. <laughs> Okay, so it looks like I'll go ahead and uh, close out the poll here. Uh, so currently, it looks like about 59% of our audience does uh, automate something. Um, and then, uh, so we'll go from there. So let me go ahead and uh, close this out. So Heather, to automate or not to automate, that's, is that Shakespeare? Uh, I don't remember that in uh, it, uh, Hamlet. <laughs> I, I don't think that was in Hamlet, but... I think it's a really, when you're thinking about automation, I think it's the perfect place to start, right? Because automation can be amazing or it can be really impersonal, 
And so I wanted to just spend a couple of minutes talking about that because one of the things that I found when I first started tinkering with automation was that I wanted to automate anything or everything that I could. And what I found was I got actually a little bit of pushback from, uh, you know, from, from my clients and, and others when I started to automate a little too much. So I got a little overzealous in, um, in my automation. So I thought it was important to kind of talk about that. So we're going to be talking about, you know, this discussion with you guys about creating valuable automations while preserving your firm's personal touch, because we're in a service industry. And one of the things we want to be really mindful of is not making it robotic, right? Not making it so automated that our clients feel like, you know, we're not really communicating with them because as accounting professionals, it's so important that we have a relationship with them and they feel like we're there and that we understand their needs and we understand who they are. So I just wanted to start off with that because I think that's something that when we, you know, dive into automation, we're like, no more manual entry, no more, you know, everything's going to be, you know, automatic. And I think it's important to slow down and talk about when is that valuable and when is that actually kind of contrary to what, what you want to do. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point because, um, you know, as we're, you know, every conference that we go to, they're all talking about, you know, how to make things more efficient for, for us in, in the accounting industry. Um, when do you actually, when's enough's enough, right? Like when is, when is too, when is it too much uh, automation? Uh, because now you've got to kind of dial it back and that's, that's a good learning, um, good nugget from, from what, uh, what we can take away from, from just this talk, I think. Definitely. So the definition of automation, um, there's three, but I kind of want to focus on the third one here, which is automatically controlled operation of an apparatus, process, or system by mechanical or electronic devices that takes the place of human labor. And that's where I want to focus because we're taking the place of that humor, human interaction. And a lot of times that's really good, right? Because that's, that's what allows us to free up our time and our resources to have those human relationships, right? And focus on that part, which is like the advisory um, learning new new things, sharing our learnings with our clients, um, and we can have the machines take over the mundane data entry tasks. But we have to be really careful, as I said before, because if it's too automated, then you lose that personal touch. So I think it's important to, uh, I, I read a book and I, I need to get into the habit of writing down the books that I read and who they're by because I get all these great ideas and then I can't remember who wrote it. Um, but I, <laughs> but I wrote that I read this great book and it was talking about this, how automation by definition is to remove, remove the human aspect of whatever tasks we're doing. And so in a service business, it's so important to make sure that we're putting the automations in a place where it's not really touching the other human. It's kind of working behind the scenes for us. Yeah. And that's, that's a good thing. Cause I remember, the first time I heard of Zapier and Heather Satterley in the same sentence was, how do you, how do you respond to those pro advisor leads, right? In a, in a timely fashion. And I think that yeah. is, that was a great example of, of automation that still allows you to have that personal touch um, and that human interaction, but in a timely fashion, because if you never, go further than that, you know, if that lead never happens to anything, then of course there's no need for, for anything. Um, 
any any kind of automation after that because you never you're not there's no engagement with that. And part of it is, you know, talking, putting the the personality and that human touch into the automation, like with that particular Zap, which actually no longer works anymore because right. it now hides. <laughs> I can't do it because it hides the um, the email address. But you know, is is creating the wording in your communications that are automated that have a personal touch and give them the option to have a person, like a face to face or a human. Uh, interaction for whatever it is that you're asking them to do. And that was kind of the learning that I've taken away from that is you always want to give them the option to have you help them through whatever it is that you're asking them to do. And so just the way you phrase something in an email or, um, you know, when you're writing out a questionnaire to gather information from a client, the way that you word it can, can make it feel personal, even though the thing is completely automated, right? So, all right. Um, so, as I mentioned, auto automation is impersonal by nature, but there are lots of ways that we can add our personal touch to it. And so, you know, I just felt like that was a really important um, discussion. So here are just some tips, use communication templates, but always add a personal message. So one of the things that we do in our, our firm and, um, you know, if you're not doing this, this is a way that you can right now save a ton of time in your life is to create email templates. So whether you're using Gmail, Outlook, whatever it is, you have the ability to create what are called canned emails. And in those canned emails, you're basically saying what it is that you hit reply and say a hundred times a day, maybe not a hundred times a day, but 10 times a day in different ways to your client. And it takes, you know, five, 10 minutes to type up that same email every time, create a template. But to keep it personal, make sure that you're putting in a space for a personal message to say, I recognize that you are a person and I'm, you know, you want to, add a sentence just saying, hey, it was really nice to talk to you yesterday and maybe mention something you talked about in that conversation and that keeps it personal. Um, you wanna also include steps to keep your team informed that an automation, uh, automated communication has occurred. So when you put things on autopilot, one of the things that happens is it can fall off the radar of somebody that needs to be paying attention to it. So when you're building out your automations, you may wanna add a step in it to notify something that an automation has happened. Like for example, if I send uh, you know, a, an automated email to somebody saying book some time on my schedule, I may wanna let my operations coordinator know that I've just sent out you know, a, uh, you know, a communication asking somebody to book time on my calendar. So just be, you know, think about that thing and or, you know, be, think about that kind of thing and then be intentional, intentional <clears throat> excuse me, about what you wanna automate and why. Right. So one of the things that I did when I first started working with Zapier, and we're going to jump into that in just a minute, is that I wanted to automate everything. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is life changing. I'm going to automate everything. I'm going to have all this free time. And um, I didn't really stop to think about, A, how my automations were affecting other people and how they were perceived. And also, I didn't look at the big picture. Why am I? It's like creating a bunch of band-aids across all your processes rather than looking at your processes as a whole, as a system and then analyzing where do those automations make sense, right? And where are you really going to gain those efficiencies? Well, yeah, and it, it, uh, you know, it comes back to the, the adage of, you know, this is a tool, right? right? And it doesn't mean that it is, you know, a universal tool for everything. Um, you know, you, you have a hammer and, uh, you know, you're never going to saw wood with that. Uh, <laughs> so it's got, it's got a use, right? Yep. But it's, it's not, uh, not always gonna be 
the, the best tool to be using in that in that regard. Um, one of the things that uh, I love Zapier as a tool when um, for the Power Hour because we decided to switch from uh, go to meeting or go to webinar uh, to Zoom, and we have all of these uh, pre-registered people that were already registered. Uh, it would be impersonable of me to ask all of them to re-register for Zoom. Right. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, GoToWebinar and Zoom didn't integrate. So there was there was that gap of or the question of well, how do we get all of these people re-registered in the new in the new platform? And Zapier came to the rescue uh, for that. And I think that was a a good uh, good good way to use it because. One, it didn't ask, it didn't it didn't require me to send out a mass email to to thousands of people and say, hey, could you please register again? And then of course it wouldn't get the message wouldn't get received or you know I can't re-register or anything like that. And so this was a perfect way for us to to re-register everyone in this in the new in the new channel. Definitely, definitely. Um, the last, and then the last thing that I just had said on this was, you know, and I had said it before, consider offering a personal alternative to the automation. So, and that's, that's as simple as saying, hey, if you need help with this, you know, reply and somebody will, you know, will help you through this process. So I just added a couple of examples. These are actual emails that we use in my life. Um, so this one is just the initial, this was very similar to the email that I used in that find a pro advisor auto response was thanks for reaching out. And then notice that I put brackets for inserting a personal note. So if I've already talked to them, then I can just put in something that, you know, came up during our meeting for your convenience. I'm including this link. There's a hyperlink there so they can just click on it and schedule the time. <clears throat> and then basically, um, I also give them on the third line, it says, if you're unable to find a suitable time on my calendar, reply with a few dates and times and we'll find something. And what that does is that adds the personal touch to this automated email um, by saying, hey, if, if you get into my calendar and I'm booking three weeks out and you need me before that, send me some dates and times and I'll try to accommodate. No promises, but I'll try to accommodate. Um, another one here, and this is one of my favorite ones, is this is the template that we use when we have a new prospective client and we need to look at their QuickBooks online company in order to take a look at their books and go through that client overview tab to see what the scope of work is gonna be. So what this does is this is a template that my whole team has access to. When we need to invite that client, we just use this template. It gives them exactly what they need to do. This links out to, um, to that screen within QuickBooks Online where they can go and invite me as an accountant user and it tells them exactly what to do. Now for me to type this out one by one is gonna take 10 to 15 minutes, but I don't have to do that ever again because I now have a template, go into my email and I just go ahead and grab that template, little put a little personal note in there and off it goes and it makes it easy for them and it's a good client experience. So that's a really great way to get started with automation if you're not quite ready to go into something like Zapier. Um, creating these templated emails can be a huge time saver for you um, and your team. So. There's, a, there's a question um, in the chat about figuring out email templates. Um, what, where would be a good place to, you know, a good resource to, uh, uh, for someone to start with, with templates? 
So to get started with templates, first there's a, um, if you're looking for the wording of a template, like if you're having trouble coming up with the words to use, um, there is an app, it's a free app called letterspro.com. <clears throat> My friend Richard Rope actually told me about it and it has a zillion letters that you can kind of get started, get your creative juices flowing. Um, and then to actually learn how to set them up, whether you're an Outlook or Gmail, I would say Google it. That's how I find everything in life is I Google set up canned email and Gmail, set up automated email. And then I go through and I usually find the instructions that way. And Heather, I would like to add something to that because sometimes when I try Googling things, I can't find it because there's so many ads and so many proposed ones first. I will go to DuckDuckGo and search. Oh. And sometimes I have better results because DuckDuckGo doesn't have the same ranking and paid things that Google does. So if you Fantastic. are having trouble, try DuckDuckGo. <clears throat> I've never even heard of DuckDuckGo, so thank you. Oh, really? I'll have to check okay. it out. I'll have to check well, it out. Well, like somebody said they were looking for um, setting it up in Office 365 and all they could find was Outlook, um, or I'm sorry, Outlook, um, the, the 365 version, all they could find was the desktop version. If you go to DuckDuckGo, you might be able to find it easier and better. That's true. And also just, you know, use as many words, keywords as you can, because that yeah. helps to narrow down the search results. So if you're looking for templates, you could put email templates, canned emails, and then it will, you might get better search results that way. <clears throat> All right. So I'm going to jump into Zapier now. And we're going to talk about automating non-client facing tasks. It's almost always okay to do that. So when you're not having any kind of face-to-face -face or client interacting automations, it's okay to just go ahead and do it and you don't have to really think about it. So one way is automating the creation of file folders. So we're actually going to learn how to do this with Zapier where maybe somebody accepts an engagement letter in practice ignition and they accept your proposal. We can have Zapier go in and create the entire file structure for that client all the folders, permanent file, tax file, whatever file you have, it can go ahead and create that. Um, you can automate the import of payment processing fees. For those of you that are uh, using, you know, working with clients that use PayPal or Square or Shopify or you know, Amazon, uh, Amazon seller, I think that's what it's called. Uh, they have these apps that bring in the sales just fine, but they don't bring the fees in or they bring the fees in one by one. Well, there's ways with Zapier, the, the easy way and what you're gonna learn today is that you can bring the fees in one by one into a clearing account, or you can even use more uh, robust and, I don't wanna say complicated, more robust and powerful features in Zapier that help you to aggregate all of those fees for a day and then post it as one entry per day rather than posting mm -hmm. it um, one by one. And then we're also gonna learn, this is so cool, this is my favorite one, Intercompany allocations. How many of you guys have clients that have two companies, one maybe the holding company for their real estate and one for their business, and they're constantly doing intercompanies, you have to tie those out every month. Well, you can create an automation in Zapier that when you create an expense in one company, it calculates the allocation percentage and, the, and then posts the entry automatically to the second QuickBooks company. So that's a way. And what I love about Zapier is we're actually we're building apps. Like I'm an accountant, I'm not a developer. I am building apps in Zapier to do the things that I want done in the way that I want them done, which gives me a power that I never had before Zapier, where I can go in and build these integrations that are tailored to the needs of me and my client. So I guess it's time for a poll. Yeah. 
Um, so Heather, I while Dan launches that poll, I have a question for you. So as you know, Heather, with QBO Advanced, they have these new workflows and automated workflows where like on invoices, you can have it automatically send reminders and things. And, you know, at first I was like, oh my, that's going to kind of eat up the Zapier stuff, but still there's so many more things that you cannot do that you can do with Zapier. Is that correct? Do you want to kind of touch on that for a minute or no? Yeah, definitely. So with the QuickBooks Online Advanced workflows, for the most part, you're just automating communications with your customers um, and with your with your team, right? So like you said, they have the automated invoice reminder. Um, they have remind me to make a deposit, things like that. Whereas with Zapier, um, Intuit has connected almost the entire API of QuickBooks to Zapier. So all of the fields and resources and transactions that you can create and interact with in QuickBooks Online, you can now take data from other applications and basically send it automatically or automatically, as you say, Michelle, um, over to QuickBooks Online. And you can also take, uh, you know, you could also create automations, you know, uh, from when things happen in QuickBooks Online. For example, one of the ones that I have set up is the W9 Collections app, I call it. So when you add a new vendor in QuickBooks Online and you select the box when you're sending the vendor that they're subject to, to 1099 reporting, Zapier automatically sends them an email with a link to my share file folder and a blank W9 attached that comes right from the IRS website. So I never have to do that. I just, my team knows, make sure you have an email address in there because otherwise it's not going to work. You have to right. put the email of the vendor and then check that box. And when you save it, that email files off, we don't do anything else. And then you could even set up a second zap that would watch that folder to let you know when somebody uploads the completed W9. So that's something that's way outside of what you can do with that work, that workflow tab in. Right. Um, Plus, there's no there's no uh, spam from Intuit trying to get them to set up a, a self-employed account when you when you do exactly it. <laughs> exactly. And now that's I'm just a common complaint that some of our clients have is they don't want yeah, the vendors yeah. to have to set that up. So this is a good alternative to that. And Heather, a couple of people want to know if Zapier works with desktop. So sadly, no, um, not directly. So um, Zapier works with. Uh, apps that use a RESTful API, which in developer speak, which is really complicated, basically said is a is a SaaS, you know, a, a web-based application. So something that's hosted and is uh, assessed through the internet, right, through a browser. So desktop does not meet that. Um, that being said, if you have automations like automated emails and things that are coming out of QuickBooks Desktop, um, you could, using some tools in Zapier, capture information from that using Zapier. But there's no direct integration with QuickBooks Desktop at this time. It looks like most people have heard of Zapier, but not really dove into the, put their foot in the water <laughs> of what that is. So hopefully we'll, we'll, we won't dive you into the deep end of the pool, but, um, but we should be giving you a little bit of uh, insight as to, to what actually is Zapier and what you can, what you can do. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to tackle next is what is it? <laughs> what is Zapier? She's been talking about Zapier. We have no idea what it is. <laughs> right. So um, I'm going to go ahead. Can they see my screen? Or are you still, nope. I'm still seeing I the results. 
Oh, okay, perfect. I see your slides. Okay, perfect. So what is Zapier? Zapier is a cloud-based application that is basically, think of it as a hub that allows you to connect over 3,000 applications to Zapier and then create uh, your own custom integrations between them and workflows between them. So, and the cool part about Zapier is you don't have to know any code. So it's all kind of, it's not drag and drop at all, but it's basically, it puts it into a dashboard that allows you to logically think through the flow of the data and build out the, the automations. So that's what it is. Um, it says it connects to over 2000 apps. It's actually over 3000 cloud-based apps now. So uh, if you go on out to zapier.com and I'll get in there in a minute, you can actually look at all the apps that are on the Zapier platform and they even have recipes. So they have templates that you can just basically plug and play. So you could go in there, pick a couple of apps that you're using like Gmail and QuickBooks Online, and then it will actually show you a bunch of templates that work with both of those apps. And if you decide you want to use one, you just say create as app. It kind of sets it up for you and then you connect your accounts and you can make any modifications that you want. Uh, so Zapier connects the apps, you can share the data between them, and it uses what's called triggers and actions to do it. So one of the things that's kind of hard to wrap your brain around is that with some integration apps like Transaction Pro, Importer, Exporter, or Sassant, what you're doing is you're taking data and you're migrating it over to another application. So you're taking data from Excel and then you're putting, in, it's, you're putting it into QuickBooks, right? Or you're exporting it from QuickBooks. The way Zapier works is you set up the automation and then the automation runs every time a trigger occurs in the trigger app. So for example, if in that W9 collections app that I was just talking about, the trigger is a new vendor is created in QuickBooks Online, right? So every time, so if I have a bunch of vendors in QuickBooks Online and I want to send them a blank W9, Zapier is not going to help me. There is a way, there is a workaround. <laughs> but um, for, you know, out of the box, Zapier is not going to help you because it's only going to run the automation when a new vendor is added in QuickBooks Online. So what it will do is you add that vendor, you save it. Zapier sending a call out to QuickBooks Online. It's going and knocking on QuickBooks store saying, hey, is there a new vendor? Got a new vendor and it's doing that every 15 minutes, every five minutes or every minute, depending on the plan that you have. And so when it goes and knocks on the door of QuickBooks and it, QuickBooks says back, yep, I got a new vendor. Then what happens is Zapier grabs all the information that was in that vendor record in QuickBooks. And then you're able to take that data, the vendor name, the email address, whether that box is checked for the 1099. And then you can use that data in an action step to do something else. So in the, in the W9 example, what we're doing is we're grabbing the email address from the vendor and we're saying, use my Gmail account. The action is send a Gmail email, send it to that email address that was in that vendor record. And then by the way, go out to the IRS website and grab a blank W9 and attach it to that email. Okay. So what we're doing is we're saying trigger is that new vendor action is send an email. And then using the tools within Zapier, we're able to do really cool things like add a share file link or add that W9 from the IRS website. 
So Heather, I have a quick question for you. So you sure. said go out to the IRS website and get that blank form. Could you also have it go look in my share file or look on my hard drive or OneDrive or wherever and get this document and attach it? Absolutely. You could do that. a link from a website. No, it could absolutely be something that you have. I could tell it. It depends. So yes, in theory, but it ultimately depends on whether or not the app that you have in that action step or in this app allows you to go retrieve that document. And most of them do. So with Google Drive, there is uh, an action step, which is find file. So if I had a template, right, I could say trigger is that vendor, you know, that vendor box, then I could say, go find a file, Google Drive, find the file, and then it will grab the URL of that file from my Google Drive, and it will attach it in any format I want. You can attach it as a Word document, as a Google Doc, as a PDF. There's a bunch of different ways that you, as a text. Um, so it is very versatile in that way. And the same thing with Sharefile. I actually have a Zap that I use for Appy Hour when we are, um, when we got a new, a new sponsor coming on the show, it actually grabs our PowerPoint template and puts it in their share file because it creates a share file folder for them. And it automatically puts a blank template of our, our Appy Hour PowerPoint deck in there without us having to do anything. So that's how powerful it is. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how powerful it is. And you can see there's, here's some apps on this slide. This is just a, a sprinkling of the apps that are available on Zapier. So we've got Arrow Workflow, Slack, ShareFile, Practice Ignition, Airtable, QuickBooks, MailChimp, um, Google Forms. Heather, do you know if it integrates with Lysio? Somebody asked. Uh, it does not currently integrate with Lysio. Okay. Um, yeah, not currently. So, uh, so I'm just going to go through a couple of zaps that I thought would be of interest to everybody, just as a sprinkling of ideas. So you can kind of think about how you might start using Zapier in your own firm and, and eventually with your clients. So the first one is automatic, automate the creation of file folders. And you can do this in Google Docs, ShareFile, OneDrive, or Dropbox. And so what we're going to do is, and this is, a, this is a real Zap that we have, except instead of Google Drive, we use ShareFile. But we use this in our, in our lives. Proposal is accepted by Practice Ignition. It goes in and it creates the client parent folder. Then it goes ahead and it creates all the subfolders underneath. So we have a whole file structure, which is the template that we use in our firm. Everybody gets the same one. And then what it does is it automatic, automatically creates that file structure with the client name using the information from that proposal that was accepted in Practice Ignition. So let me show you. Let's get into Zapier uh, so you can see exactly what it looks like. So I'm in Zapier here and I'm gonna go in to this Zap. If I wanted to create a new Zap, I could click make a Zap, but because we're short on time, I'm just gonna go in and show you what the editor looks like. So I've gone into the editor and this is what it looks like. I can give it a name. And then what I'm gonna do is I'm going to select the trigger event. So the trigger event for this workflow is the client signs the engagement letter, right? Now my client, yay! And I need a bunch of file folders so I can start putting stuff in them, right? So I'm gonna choose the app, which is Practice Ignition. The proposal is accepted. 
I would go ahead and connect an account. So here's my account. And then I would test the trigger to get some test data. So here's my test data. And you can see that what it's done is it's gone out to practice ignition. And it's pulled in all this information about this proposal. So the period end date, uh, who accepted it, the proposal value, uh, the client name, the contact name, and the email address. So all of this is coming in. Um, and what happens with once it pulls it into Zapier is I can now use those fields to do stuff, which is really cool. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to create that client parent folder. So I'm going to select Google Drive as the app, the action app, and I'm going to select the action event as create a folder. So I'm saying go on out to my Google Drive and create this new folder. So I'm going to do that. And then what you can see is I'm going to connect the account. I'm going to go in and I'm going to select the drive. If I had multiple drives and I could you know, select that. I could select a parent folder if I wanted to. And then under the folder name, this is where the magic happens, everybody, is I'm able to map that folder name back to the trigger data. So the client name from that proposal was Zapier test. What I'm telling Zapier here is when you a proposal is accepted, go on and grab that client name and create a blank folder in my Google Drive that's using that name. So every time this fires off, it's gonna be a different client. I'm gonna have a different folder name, okay? Then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go ahead and create that. Well, I need a lot more than just one folder. Well, one of the cool things about Zapier is it pulls in, once it creates that folder, it actually pulls in the information about that folder. So I can start to build on the whole workflow. So here's the ID for that folder. And if I were to go in and use this link right here, it would bring me to that folder in my Google Drive account. Um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go and add the permanent file folder. Again, I'm gonna choose Google Drive, create a folder. I'm gonna connect to my account. And then what I'm gonna do is under that parent folder, I'm able to map it back to that second step. So what I'm saying is the parent folder, I want to nest this permanent file folder in the parent folder, which was test client, right? And so now I'm saying, go look at this client, this folder ID, which was that parent folder that I just created and add a new folder called permanent file. So you could see here that I could actually have like 10 steps and create the entire blank file structure for that client without doing anything. All they do is sign their engagement, bam, file structures created. So how, how much time do you think is saved by this zap and this automation just in, in, from having to do it manually? From having to do it manually, probably 10 or 15 minutes. 10 or 15 minutes, right? Yeah. And like how much time did it take you to set up the zap? So this to set up the zap can take a little bit of time up front. Um, this zap with just two folders probably took me three to five minutes. If I was building out, you know, when I built our Reels app, for, and we have, it, we have it doing a lot of things. So mm -hmm. this one proposal being accepted could set up the entire file structure, could add them to a MailChimp list, could add them to, uh, uh, what else do we have going on? We, uh, we can uh, send a Slack, we have a Slack message that goes into the team saying, woohoo, we got a new client. <laughs> um, it can do a bunch of different things. Um, from that one trigger. So I have zaps that are 48 steps that do a whole bunch of stuff off of one trigger. And even and, if, if, and even if it is an, if it takes you an hour to set this up, the time savings that you're creating 
further on down the road is, you know, exponential, right? You exactly. Start to clone Heather Sadler. It's <laughs> exactly right. I actually did. There, there's actually a little widget that Zapier has on how many hours it saved you. And mine was oh, like nice. over 10,000. Wow. And the Through thing that the I think is so cool is not the time it saves is huge. Yes. But also just knowing it's going to get done and it's not right. cracks, you know, that exactly. it's something that's going to get overlooked or, you know, whatever. So I think that's huge too. Peace of mind knowing that it's done. And if it doesn't, Absolutely. it sends you an email. Like, that's right. <laughs> yep. It does. Right. Which is, which is more than what most people will do. <laughs> it's true (laughs) no it does and you do have to pay attention and you know it does you have to pay attention especially if you start writing zaps for your clients right um you need to pay attention and there's a a built-in app in zapier called zapier manager that allows you to set up custom automations um to let you know what's going on in your Zapier account. So if a zap fails if an app becomes disconnected you're getting notifications and you can take action so um, the next one, I know we just, I only have a few more minutes because I get a teacher webinar in a, in a few minutes, but the next one I wanted to talk about was automating the import of payment processing fees. And you could do this with Square, Stripe, PayPal, or Amazon. Whenever a sale happens in any one of these um, apps, it pulls in the payment amount and the fees associated with that payment. And one of the challenges we've had as accounting professionals is we can get the sales in using different apps. Those fees have been kind of a thorn in our side. And with these integrations, what you can do is set up a clearing account in QuickBooks, have the sales go into clearing account, right? Have this app turned on to pull the fees in. So the account gets bigger when the sale happens. Now we've got the fees coming out and then just set up a bank rule in QuickBooks Online to transfer every time a Stripe payment comes in, transfer from that clearing account. Guess what happens? End of the month, your clearing account's already reconciled. All the fees are in, all the payments are in, you know, um, your bank account's got the transfers. It's, it's, it is an awesome, awesome workflow, saves you a ton of time. And this is something that is saving you time for services that you're offering to your clients. This is your secret sauce, right? <laughs> exactly. Cause uh, you know, uh, I was, tinkering around with one SaaS and they're very good at bringing in the sale, but not the fees. Right. So this would be, this would be a great way to, to bridge that gap uh, between what, what it can do, you know, what other apps can do or what they, where they stop and, and, and between, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, your, your secret sauce. <laughs> Definitely. And so again, this is a trigger is the new st- charge and stripe, create an expense in QuickBooks online. That's simple. Because it's showing you the fee, you're just sending it over as an expense transaction into that clearing account. Easy peasy. All right, the last one is, this one's more complicated. So this is where we're kind of supercharging, we're supercharging and building actual apps with Zapier. We're going to automate our intercompany allocation. So company one incurs an expense, it's gonna calculate the allocation amount, and then it's gonna create a journal entry in QBO for company number two. Okay, so this is what it looks like. Trigger is a new expense. It's going to look up the expense account that that it's coming from. So whatever expense account that you have uh, used in company one, it's going to make a multiplication calculation to take that amount and multiply it by 25%, right? 
And then we're going to go find a vendor in QuickBooks Online and Company 2 and then either create an expense or you can create a journal entry. Okay, and so this is a pretty advanced zap. What it's doing here is we're creating a lookup table inside QuickBooks Online saying account number in company one associates with account number in company two. And we could have, you know, several different accounts and it will actually look at it and say, hey, if you see this in company one, use this in company two. And then we're mapping when we're going into the create the expense, we're mapping back to the output of step two, where it said, you know, miscellaneous expense was in company one. Well, when it's miscellaneous expense in company one, which is, I, you know, account, it's going to go use the miscellaneous account that's in company two. Does that make sense? Hope I explained that pretty clearly. Yeah, I think uh, either either people are, are nodding yes, 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 or either they're just <laughs> right. Over it their is. Head. <laughs> so let me just show it to you. I'm going to just show you how this works really, really quickly in here, and then I'm going to have to jump off. Yeah. So this one's a little bit different. Um, I'll show you the calculation. So here in the numbers, I'm able to tell Zapier to perform a math operation. And I'm telling it to multiply the total amount of the expense in company A times 20.2, which is 20%. And then what's happening is it's going to spit out, uh, let me retask because I don't think, yeah, it's going to spit out the 20% of that amount. Mm. Now what I'm able to do is go in and create an expense transaction and notice that I'm using an intercompany clearing account. And I'm going to, whoops, let me get into the action. And what it's going to do is it would go ahead and it would um, grab the information from that transaction, right? And then it would grab the 20% from that, that calculation step. So it's very logical, right? It's very logical. Each step you're going through and you're saying, what needs to happen? Where's the data coming from? What do I need to do to that data? And then how do I want it to present? in the company that I'm trying to create the entry in. And so to wrap up, what I would say is, ooh, sorry, that was <laughs> me being silly, sorry about that. Um, but uh, the, the thing that um, that is really important is that you have to map out your processes first. So it's not, when you first start using Zapier, and I'm totally was guilty of this, you just go in and you start creating automations. Like, I have this great idea, I'm gonna go build it. But really you need to stand back and go back to what we said at the very beginning of this is what are you trying to accomplish? What is the flow of the data, right? And how does it all relate to itself? So actually mapping it out, I use a Google sheet for this. Step one, here's the trigger. Step two, here's the action. Do I need to do a calculation? Where am I mapping back the data? Kind of figuring all that out is important. And I did throw a lot at you. The simple zap, awesome. Everybody's like, wow, this is great. You go into the complicated zap. It's like, okay, I'm done, right? <laughs> but the cool so, thing is it is a journey, right? And how can they continue on the journey, Heather? Because we already asked some people wanting to know about a deeper dive. And I told them you do have some upcoming events. So would you like to I share do. with us where they can learn some more? Yeah, so I do workshops. I do Zapier workshops where you learn from no experience all the way up to building that intercompany Zap. And we also focus on uh, client onboarding. So getting all of those automations for your practice to get your clients onboarded to your systems. Um, so I do that. I'm just wrapping one up actually today after this, this call. Um, I'll probably be doing another one in the fall 
or I'm actually teaching it at Scaling New Heights in October. So if you guys are going to Scaling New Heights, I'm doing an introductory course. It's 120 minutes um, where we're going to go through the basics of Zapier and how to get started. There's also Zapier in University, which is at zapier.com forward slash university, free training there that you could start to kind of dabble and get, get some more ideas on how to use Zapier and maybe jump in and, and build your first app. Well, thank you, Heather, and I, I do know you have to jump. So thank you, thank you, Dan, and I will continue to, to share some stuff with people. So thank you, though, for joining us, and uh, it is awesome, and I love you for this. So thank you. Have a oh, good day. Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> you guys have an awesome day. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Take Heather. Care. Great to see you, Bye -bye. and we can't wait to see you in person. Yes. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Helping the days. <laughs> and that's what I was going to lead into is Heather mentioned that she's teaching this up in uh, Scaling New Heights in October. And we had a special guest on, but he also had to jump. Um, so Dan and I are going to talk a little bit about Scaling New Heights while Heather goes off to her next webinar. Um, but for those of you um, that are thinking about joining us at Scaling New Heights, please do. Um, it is an amazing conference. And I am so excited, Dan. I don't know about you. It's our first live event, like forever. Yeah. I know scaling had one, but it wasn't the same. It was the scaled back scaling. <laughs> <laughs> it was a scaled scaling. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to, to seeing everyone in, in person again. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm planning on, on, on joining, uh, joining there. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll get roped into teaching a, a class or two <laughs> yes. while I'm there. Well, I am definitely teaching a couple of classes. I would love to have you guys join me for that. One of them is on um, best practices for referrals and how to create that referral network and keep it going and everything. Another one that I'm going to be doing is on um, doing simple videos, using YouTube and doing videos. Because um, surprisingly, a lot of people are wanting to get into that, but they're not real sure. Um, so we're going to start with the basics. What do you need to get going? And and then you can you know expand and get more in depth on that. But the greatest thing I think about Scaling New Heights is not just all the great training content, but it's networking with each other. It's in the lunchroom. It's in the exhibit hall. It's at the parties, <laughs> you know, which I wondered what's going to happen because we don't have tea sheets anymore. Yeah, right. I right. mean, tea sheets yeah, always and, had the best parties. <laughs> QuickBooks, QuickBooks time parties just don't have the same ring to it. I know, right? <laughs> So anyway, uh, we were going to have Joe um, to talk a little bit about it. So we'll try to have him on another one. But you all can go check it out at scalingnewheights.com, scalingnewheights.com. And I know in the QB Power Hour Facebook group, there has been discussion out there of other people asking who's going and stuff. And that is a great place for you to network with your peers now because a lot of times people will share a room or they'll rent an Airbnb together. Um, so if that's something that you guys are interested in, you can do some of that on the Facebook group um, to see if there's anybody who's interested in that for you. Um, somebody said, is Scaling New Heights going to be online or Zoom? I know it's definitely in person down in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, so it is going to be in person. I suspect they're going to have an online option available again, but mm -hmm. I'm not positive with that, about that. Do you know, Dan? Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know for certain, but I'm sure there will be that option um, these days. It, it, I mean, it was something that was that they did last year. You know, they had that yeah. hybrid hybrid event. So they already have that uh, in place to be able to do that. And for those that don't know what Scaling New Heights is, what is what is Scaling New Heights? I mean, 
um, you know, we, we talk about it like, uh, you know, we've all been there, done that. And yes. you know, for, for most of us, we have. But for somebody that's maybe just watching this for the first time and, and wondering, well, what is scaling new heights? What, is, what would you say uh, that would be? And that's a good question, Dan. And that's the thing too, you know, for accounting professionals, if you want to have your practice in the QuickBooks world, including apps and all those things that go along with QuickBooks, it is a perfect conference for you because they have a lot of training courses, a lot of sessions, not just on QuickBooks, um, but as well as third-party apps like Heather talking about Zapier, you know, different people get in and have different in-depth apps. So you have or an in-depth session, you have sessions like I'm doing some on marketing. Some people uh, we usually have there on value pricing. We usually always have some people there who are talking about practice management, um, automation, like Heather talked about, um, as well as, you know, a lot of times people talk about QuickBooks, let's say for restaurants, QuickBooks for contractors, QuickBooks for non-for-profits, not to mention the, the main stage sessions. So it's really a great opportunity to get a lot of training. Um, Don wants to know how to scaling compare to QuickBooks Connect. QuickBooks Connect, has, or I'm sorry, scaling, they're both wonderful conferences, but scaling has more third-party apps doing sessions. Um, where you can not just visit them in the exhibit hall, but you can go to their session to learn more about those third-party apps. Um, QuickBooks Connect is amazing in their main stage speakers and things like that. Um, but of course, we're not going to have a, a live in-person Connect this fall. Um, they're going to do another virtual event this fall. So the virtual events for, for Connect are not quite the same because there's not as many sessions that you can go to. Yeah, I think I think my perspective of, of attending both um, QuickBooks Connect is very QuickBooks focused, as as is uh, scaling uh, scaling new heights. But um, you know, Intuit is driving the conversation of of what it is that you know you're you're going to be seeing at QuickBooks Connect, whereas scaling uh, is is more a, a, of an advisory you know type of type of uh, conversation that. That, that you're going to be, be, be hearing. Um, and that could be advisory in QuickBooks desktop, right? I mean, it doesn't, uh, whatever your version of, of QuickBooks you're, you're akin to, uh, you can still have, uh, apply those things to what you're doing. Um, whereas in QuickBooks Connect, it's, uh, the, the conversation is, well, how do you do this in QuickBooks Online? Because that's, that's, the, that's the driver, you know, of, of QuickBooks Connect is, how do I do this all virtually in QuickBooks Online? Whereas scaling new heights is, you, you could uh, you could hear a little bit more how that works in QuickBooks Desktop. Yes, and my Zoom has. <laughs> and it was, it can you hear me? Off. <laughs> now we can hear you. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Yeah, so it's totally frozen as far as the video, like you are frozen and stuff. But one other thing I was just going to say, if you go to scalingnewheights.com, the theme this year is unstoppable. It's October 24th to 27th. And you can go in and go under the, um, the session and the agendas. You can see the tracks and sessions and the agenda. And you can see all the great information. Money. 
but it is a great way to really advance your practice and to keep your practice moving forward um, and growing. So I do recommend it. Dan and I are going to try to put together some kind of cocktail party or something to have with QB Power Hour. We're looking for some sponsors maybe to help with that. So stay tuned and yep. hopefully we can have an event with some of you that are there. And I just launched the last uh, poll here of, uh, you know, do you plan on attending uh, Scaling New Heights? So we can pass that along to Joe so you can see, uh, you know, how much of our audience is, is, is planning on coming to see, uh, going to uh, Scaling New Heights. Um, do we have any other uh, follow-up questions other than the fact that Jonathan Bellow wanted to know if uh, Heather saw the Jamestown fireworks blow up? <laughs> I don't Fireworks, but ours were really awesome this year. I hope you all got to see some awesome fireworks as well. Um, and somebody else asked if Heather used Google Drive and ShareFile. I know she uses ShareFile, and I would imagine she uses Google Drive for some things. You know, like I use OneDrive, but I also use Google Drive for some things. And so, you know, some of us have different different ones that we use for different purposes. So, yeah. um, and I do and somebody know wanted that... to know how secure. Well, when, the, when one person was asking about does it integrate with um, with Lysio, um, and I know Go uh, both of these apps will will integrate with Google Drive, so there's uh, there's a potential for for that to be able to be the solution uh, with the bridge between you know what it doesn't integrate with. If it doesn't do it directly with Zapier going to Lysio, you could use uh, Google Drive as as the bridge between the two. Very good. All right. Well, I think we had a great session this time. Um, I'm very glad. Oh, we've got 20% that are planning to go, 62% that are not. I hope you guys will think about it because it is really great for your practice. And we'd love to meet some of you all in person. It's always yeah. nice to see our attendees who are joining us each week. Well, thanks again for joining so us today. Remember <laughs> And, yes. Uh, and remember, next week uh, on the 13th, we do have a special QB Power Hour. Um, we're going to talk about, I can't remember, getting on the right path for your advisory services or something like that with Path by Simplex. That is a new app that's just really awesome. And it's really a great tool for you if you're wanting to provide more of these advisory services. So love to have you join me for that or join us for that. Um, again, that's a special one next week. So you may not have it on your calendar. So put it on your calendar and we'd love to see you there. All right, and thanks for joining us this week on the on the QB Power Hour, and hope to see you next time. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.